Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. You're listening to Minimalish, a podcast where we talk about simplifying our stuff, our lives, our motherhood, all in a realistic way so that we can make room for what matters. We're not here for perfectly tidy homes or seeing how much we can possibly declutter. We're here for living with less. Realistically, it's going to look different for all of us, but we're not really focused on how our version of minimalism looks anyways. We're focused on how it feels. I'm your host, Desiree. I'm a mom to two and on my own journey of living with a little less clutter so I can have more space for an intentional life. I'm no expert and I like to think of this as a corner of the internet where we're learning and growing together. So let's walk towards a more simple and intentional life. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to Minimalish. I am so glad you're here. And today I am bringing you a solo episode and we're going to talk about something that was mentioned in last week's episode. So if you listened in last week, we were talking about budgeting and I had my guest Carly Hill of Debt Free Mom on to talk about how we stick to a budget. And one thing she mentioned was to choose your habit first. So typically when we are thinking about budgeting, we're thinking about let's figure out how to set a budget and then stick to it, right? So she mentioned that sometimes we're trying to do multiple habits at once. We are trying to learn how to track a budget and make that a habit, but we're also trying to track this ideal budget that we've set, which is a whole nother set of habits because we are now trying to also change our buying habits. And that's hard. Changing our shopping habits, changing our buying habits is difficult. And I decided I wanted to talk about that today because it's a common struggle. How do we actually change our shopping habits, our buying habits, our consuming habits? When we decide to dive into minimalism, often we 
are starting with decluttering our house. But that's not going to last long. A decluttered home isn't going to last long if we don't change the way we bring stuff in. Because for many of us, there's a reason our house has gotten cluttered. We bring stuff in and we don't take stuff out. And over time, that piles up. But for a lot of us, the rate at which we bring stuff in is kind of hard to keep up with. And that can impede our financial goals. That can be something that is contrary to our values. Because as we dive into minimalism, often we kind of realign our values and reframe our values and realize that we don't want to put our contentment in the amount of stuff that we have. We don't want to put our value in stuff and we don't want to find our happiness from stuff. So we have to change our buying habits at some point or another. And it's one of the hardest parts of minimalism. At least it has been for me. So I want to talk about that today because I think it's something that, you know, we're at the start of a year and it's something that you can make a lot of progress on this year. It's not something that changes in a day but it's something that you can work on over time. So today I wanna bring you some tips on how to actually change your shopping habits. And I wanna start by telling you a quick story about our TV. Our TV has been dying a slow death for a while now. That seems kind of extreme to say it that way, but basically it started with a little circle that was darker than the rest of the TV, which then turned into like a gaping valley and This wide, dark line kind of hung out on our TV for months. It was still watchable. It was fine. We could still have our movie nights. Until the other day, it took over half of our TV. Like, that dark spot was then now half of our TV. And soon enough, our TV breathed its last breath right in the middle of Luca. We were watching Luca, and the screen went black. It was a sad moment. But... (laughs) We thought about what the typical response would be, and that is to just find a deal, buy a new one as soon as humanly possible. And since it was the beginning of the year, there were definitely sales going on. I mean, there are always sales going on. And that is a fine response. If having a TV is important to you, that's a fine response. But it wasn't an option in our minds because we didn't have it in the budget to replace it. And maybe we should have because we knew our TV was going down the drain, but We've had a lot of other things going on recently, and we haven't really thought about the fact that soon it would probably go for good. Like I said, we typically would have in the past responded by figuring it out, just going over budget and buying a new one right away. Actually, a few months after the first dark circle appeared on the TV, as it started getting worse and worse, we actually did back in... September, I guess that would have been, shop a Labor Day sale. We shopped a Labor Day sale. I purchased one online on Target and did a in-store pickup option. And I went with that typical knee-jerk reaction to buy a replacement because I knew, you know, well, that's a good deal and it's not going to last much longer. But what I decided to do was cancel my order before I even picked it up because it wasn't in our budget and it wasn't in our values to replace it right away. So after I did that kind of impulse purchase. We talked and we were like, nah, we don't need it right now. So we canceled the order. And it's been a lesson in contentment to have a subpar TV for a while of just like, sometimes I can't see one side of the screen. It's fine. It wasn't the most pleasant viewing experience, but we had a TV still. 
We could still watch our shows together. We could still enjoy movie night. It was fine. So like I said, that TV savings fund did not find its way into our budget. And the other day, the TV, and a couple of weeks ago actually now, the TV finally bit the dust. And it was easier to decide to wait. Even though the TV had fully gone, it was easier to decide to wait because we had already practiced contentment for uh, the last few months with a not-so-good TV viewing experience. We'd already fought against that knee-jerk reaction of replacing something non-essential just because it's no longer working at the optimal level. And now that it's no longer working at all, it could be easier to justify that replacement, but luckily it's also easier to look at what we do have and just use that for a while instead. So we have an iPad, we have a computer we can watch things on, and that's what we've been doing, and we have enough. While we do want a new TV, and we will get one eventually when it fits the budget, we can go without it for a while. It's going to be okay. Less TV time never hurt anybody anyways. But it has taken a long time to get to this place where we can make decisions like this. I think it's one of the hardest parts of minimalism, like I said before, definitely for me. And while decluttering can be tough, we can find ourselves motivated to do that, right? We envision our peaceful home that we could have if we just had less stuff. We know why it would benefit us to have less stuff, and we are going after a goal. But it's harder to change our habits of bringing stuff in. So how do we make that change? How does this kind of slow change happen over time to where we're no longer making impulse purchases. We're no longer finding ourselves browsing the dollar spot at Target and bringing random stuff in the house. Like, how do we make these changes? So first of all, I want to be realistic. I want you to be realistic because this part takes time. It takes time to overhaul our habits. So be patient with yourself. These shopping habits can be deeply seated in us, and there can be deeply rooted reasons why we have them. Like, it can be an addiction. So be patient with yourselves. And depending on what level your shopping habit is at, like, some of these tips might help you, but honestly, it might take longer. It might take deeper action to get to the root of these things. You don't have to beat yourself up. You may love the idea of minimalism and love that idea for your home and your family and love that idea for your buying habits and your consumption habits, but that doesn't mean you'll just automatically lose your old habits and become a minimalist and become a minimalist in the way that you shop and bring things into your home. Over time, you can become one, right? You are becoming one if that is something that you want. And it's not about the title. You know that. If you are a listener or a regular listener here, it's not just about the title of being a minimalist, but you get what I'm trying to say. You don't just decide that you want minimalism to be in your values and then automatically the next day like you can walk into the store and not buy random things like you used to or you can decide to not replace something if you don't absolutely need to right away it takes time so i have these tips that might help you these are just things practices i don't know uh, all kind of different variety of things that we can do to kind of delay gratification um, learn contentment and eventually we'll see that our habits have changed. Or at least it gets easier to say no to something. It gets easier to not hit that checkout button right away. It gets easier to ca cancel an order, whatever. So the first tip I have, it's kind of an extreme one, 
but I think it's really helpful. And I think it is great for like the start of a month. So if you're planning for February right now, or if you're just listening to this and you are planning for maybe planning goals for the next month ahead, a spending freeze or a no spend challenge is a great way to work on this. A challenge of any sort can be something that we can motivate ourselves with, right? We know that we can do anything for a week or for two weeks or a month, however long you'd want to set this challenge. And so a no spend challenge is something that I realized last year, at the beginning of last year when I did one, that would be a great starting point to minimalism in general, a way to kind of stop your inflow as you are decluttering. But even if you've already decluttered, and maybe now you're realizing that, okay, but I'm still bringing stuff in, this can be a great first step. It's kind of fun to challenge ourselves, and it is something that can benefit our budgets, can benefit our finances, but also work on those habits, work on our impulses, and work on flexing our no, and flexing our ability to say no to things. So how do you do a no-spend challenge? Well, we could have a whole podcast on that, but a quick how-to is you would decide on your allowable expenses for the month you or you know the week whatever you'd kind of plan ahead and look at what you are going to have to spend money on it anyways like maybe a gift you don't want to like leave things out like that that you are saying this is essential i want to spend money on this during this time period and then during the time frame that you decide I would suggest like two weeks to a month to really challenge yourself. Um, If a month feels like a lot, I think two weeks is good, but you can always just keep it to a week. But you decide on that time frame and you're allowed to spend money on those allowable things, but you're saying no to everything else, whether that is buying a coffee out or just like those impulse purchases um, that you might make any other time of the year. So if you're doing a no spend challenge, if you're doing it just to work on consumption and the inflow of stuff that you bring in, then maybe going out for coffee or whatever, maybe that would be an allowable expense. Maybe you're just focused on physical stuff that you are not currently needing, just basically unplanned expenses. That would be a physical thing, if that makes sense. So you can even make a list of maybe things you typically feel an impulse to buy when you are in a store and that list is going to be like your no list things that are part of that no spend list the great thing is if you think like two weeks would be too much for you you can set this for a week and then you can just extend it Um, I know a lot of people do like a no spend February and then they extend it and do a no spend March and maybe they shift what they are not spending on each month but it's not really a no spend it's just like a low spend or a being specific about what you're spending on and learning to say no to the uh, extra things, the other things. So this is a great way to flex that no and learn to say no to stuff that you would typically just buy without a second thought and bring into your home. And of course, it's important to, to get clear on why you want to do that? Why would you want to do a no spend challenge? Why do you want to change your shopping habits in general? Because when we dive into minimalism, we know part of that is decluttering our home. But another part of that is changing the way we buy 
and changing what we bring into our home and changing the way we spend, often changing our consuming habits. And for me, that doesn't look like not buying anything. That doesn't look like depriving myself of things that I like. Like, I'm weird. I like water bottles. I like used to collect water bottles and I certainly do not do that anymore, but that doesn't mean I never buy myself a new water bottle. They take up a lot of space, so I don't just buy them as soon as I see one that I like. Like I still browse them when I go into a store. If I for some reason go into TJ Maxx, like I look at them, but I can walk out without them. And it has taken time to do that. So anyways, that's a tangent, but I, my version of minimalism that works for me does not mean I never buy myself a new thing, but it means that I am more so planning what I'm buying and I give myself a small budget for what I can spend money on. And over time, that small budget has been much easier to wait until later in the month and use it on things like experiences, like going out with a friend or something like that for a drink or for coffee than the first of the month, I just spend it on whatever thing I've been keeping my eye on, like whether it's new clothes or whether it is um, a water bottle, like I mentioned. So it's really important to also get clear on why and what it would look like for you to change your spending habits. Like, does it look like depriving yourself fully of new stuff? Like maybe you're just like, I don't need any new stuff for the year. Like, there, uh, that's extreme, but maybe you make a list of things that you really don't want to buy, that you really want to learn to not buy more of. So that's the next tip is to make yourself a list. After you've gotten clear on maybe, you know, I, I guess I kind of threw in the idea of a why in there, but I feel like I'm saying make yourself a why on every single solo episode. So we're not going to talk about that. You know that to do something and to really change our habits, often defining why we want to do it is going to help us actually stick to it. So, okay, next tip is to make yourself a list of the things you do want to stop consuming. And you can, again, challenge yourself to a certain amount of time to not bring this into your home. But it's really just thinking through the things that you typically are bringing in your house for no reason. Like you don't actually need it and maybe it ends up as clutter. So what are these things? Or just maybe they're the things that you're tempted to buy. Make a list for yourself and maybe give yourself a period of time to challenge yourself to not bring those things into your home. This could be something you do on top of that no spend challenge or something you do instead of a no spend challenge. It's just like a different way to kind of reassess what you typically bring into the home and really think about it. And again, challenge yourself. Back in probably 2020, 2019, I think it was 2020, I challenged myself to not bring any new clothes in for the year. That didn't mean I couldn't thrift shop for new for clothes, but this really helped my spending habits on clothing. And I brought way less into the house when I was only allowed to bring in clothing that was thrifted for because it takes a lot longer to thrift something than it does to just go buy something new at the store. So that's just an example, but you can make yourself a little list of, you know, smaller type of trinkets that you bring into your house, or you could, you know, do something bigger on a larger scale, like no new clothes for a year or no new clothes for a certain amount of time. Okay, so those are just like some challenge-based ways to think through what are my typical shopping habits and how can I really challenge myself to say no and to not bring these things into my home. 
something that helps if you're doing something like that is to track it. So print yourself off a blank calendar and track it. Track the days that you are successful and track the days that maybe you did spend on something that was unplanned or you did bring something in and, you know, you decided to, when you were at the store, buy something random in the dollar spot, even though that was on your list of things you weren't supposed to do. So just track it. And it's not about guilting yourself, but it's just literally tracking your progress and seeing that you are doing your best to follow through on your challenge and actually working towards the challenge. If you have a day where you did spend something or you did bring something in that you were planning not to for that challenge, the length of that challenge, that doesn't mean you failed. It's just simply looking at your progress and seeing your progress. Every time that I'm doing the laundry, I dread the fact that this giant plastic jug ends up with the messy gooey soap all over it as I try to pour it into the little cup. Why are these massive plastic jugs the only way we get laundry detergent? 700 million detergent jugs actually end up in our landfills every year, but it's not like you can just stop doing laundry. So here's what you can do. Switch to Earth Breeze. I am loving my new EarthBreeze laundry detergent eco sheets. They look like dryer sheets, but they're not. They dissolve 100% in any wash cycle, hot or cold, and they couldn't be easier. There's no measuring or mess. You just toss them in. EarthBreeze has really made the whole concept of detergent better. The packaging is compact, it's biodegradable and plastic free and dermatologically tested and safe for sensitive skin. They offer flexible subscriptions that can be adjusted, paused, or canceled by you at any time without penalty. And with their Buy One Give 10 initiative, each purchase donates 10 loads of detergent to a charitable cause of your choice. A whopping 30 million loads have already been donated. These little sheets have turned a chore into an act of kindness. Most importantly, you still get a powerful clean for your clothes. I have the scented Earth Breeze Eco Sheets. It's so much easier to store them in my laundry room and there's no mess, which is huge for me because I really just hate the sticky laundry detergent bottles. Earth Breeze has just been a huge game changer to my laundry routine in a lot of ways. You won't really know until you try it. If you don't like it, Earth Breeze will give you a full refund. You don't even have to send it back. They are confident you'll love it just as much as I do. So now is the time to try EarthBreeze because right now my listeners can subscribe and save 40%. So go to earthbreeze.com slash minimalish and get started. That's earthbreeze.com slash minimalish for 40% off. earthbreeze.com slash minimalish. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Okay, so it's great. You can do a challenge. Great way to practice spending less or changing our spending habits in general. And I keep kind of saying like spending habits or buying habits or whatever, but there could be different reasons you want to do this. Maybe it is for budgeting reasons. Maybe it's more so just for the sake of like changing the way we consume and more values-based that you want to bring less into your home. Or maybe it's just about clutter, like you don't wanna clutter up your house again. So with that said, let's move forward. What I wanna do next is I wanna talk about tips that can help you in the moment when you are feeling that impulse to spend. And these are things that can be like common practices um, that are gonna 
help you over time build that no muscle or build your ability to shop less and say no to things. So the first one is one that I still do. And I do it in person in stores. I do it, I especially do it online. But if you find yourself browsing a store or if you find yourself online browsing a sale, fill your cart if you feel the need to. Allow yourself to do that, but then walk away from it. And I don't mean like leave a full physical cart in the middle of the store, but like if you find yourself browsing Target or whatever store you often browse and you pick up something, like put it down. Tell yourself, all right, if I, you know, as you walk into the store, if I pick up something that is unplanned and I put it in this cart, other than maybe a food item or something, but a physical item that is not consumable, and I put it in this cart, I am not walking out with it. Okay, so you're not saying like, I'm not going to browse, I'm not going to look at anything, which for some of us, that's what we need. But I, I, this is like my common practice now. If I find myself looking at things, I can usually browse and not even put it in my cart. But if I find myself putting it in my cart, I often am walking out without it. I'm not, I'm not actually buying it and I put it back. So that used to look like maybe I put multiple things in my cart. Now it's usually ever only one or two things. Um, or I just am looking at it and I'm thinking like, oh, that's a very pretty mug, but I'm not going to buy it. Like it just, I, I can acknowledge the beauty of something without actually picking it up and buying it now. So it's taken a lot of time. Like I've been doing this for over four years, but filling your cart and then walking away online. I, I think I struggle with online shopping more than anything. So online, this has really helped me. I, I hate how much time I used to spend like browsing stores online. So I really don't like to do this anymore, but it was something that helped me say, learn to say no is just allowing myself to fill up my cart. If I do find myself on a store that's having a sale and then just saying, you know what, I'm going to walk away from this. I maybe I can come back to it later. Maybe my cart will still be there, but I'm going to walk away. I'm going to give myself 24 hours until I'm allowed to make any purchases. And if there's a sale and you're like, oh, I'm going to give myself maybe 12 hours until that sale is still going on, right? So you're not telling yourself like, hey, maybe I really need this and it's on sale. Well, give yourself some time to think about it because oftentimes we realize we don't really need it. So this is just a great practice like if you are building the ability to say no to shopping and say no to stuff is allowing yourself to still browse and shop, but then giving yourself a time limit like I need to walk away from this for this many hours. And, and oftentimes we're going to forget about it because we don't actually need it. It's not actually a necessity. Along the same lines, making yourself a list. Um, and you can do this online too. So there are two different ways. And we're going to talk first about like on Amazon. Okay. So this is kind of similar. Um, this is just an example. But if you find yourself struggling with Amazon shopping, because it's so easy to be impulsive on Amazon, like you think to yourself, I need something, you go on there, you can buy it. A lot of us can like have one click settings even and maybe you have Prime and it can deliver to you in a day or two days. So it's all so easy to just buy random stuff or buy things the minute it pops in your head. So let's use Amazon as our example. On Amazon, give yourself days, whether it's like one day a week or one day a month or twice a month, where you are allowed to make purchases that you 
of the things that you needed on Amazon. So instead of every time you think of something you, you quote, need on Amazon or, you know, something you were influenced to look at on Amazon, instead of allowing yourself to go on there and hit add to cart and buy it anytime, you are allowed to look through your saved for later and decide on it twice a month or once a week, however frequently you need to feel good about this. So basically what I'm trying to say is use the saved for later tool on Amazon or on any kind of online shopping that has that. Another way to do this is just to make a list in your notes app. And it's basically you are tabling your impulse, right? So instead of thinking like, oh, I'm going to forget about this and it could be really something useful, but I'm not sure, like put it on a list, whether that is on Amazon or somewhere online in your save, save it for later in your cart so that you can browse it. Like I have so many things in my save for later because I, I impulse browsed it and then I decided, you know, I'm not, I'm going to think about it maybe later. So save it for later and you can give yourself a day of the month or a day of the week when you're allowed to browse that and decide on it. Or you make a list, in, make a running list in your notes, you know, on your phone or wherever, a list of wants. Even things that you think you might even need, but it's not like an essential, right? Wants and needs, whatever. You're making this list of things. And maybe you make it a practice that you go through that list every once in a while, um, twice a month, whatever. And at that point, you're deciding on things and actually buying them. So this delays that gratification of, I can think of it, I can go online, I can buy it, and it can be sent to me in a couple of days. It delays that gratification of, oh, I think I want that, so I'm going to go and shop for it online right now. Instead, it's saying like, hey, this would be cool. I think I want this. I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to come back to it if I actually still want it. If you keep thinking about something over and over again, you really want to try it, like a month later, you still are thinking about it and you want to try it, then by all means, right? Try it. But the problem is our impulses usually are not lasting. And if we can just overcome that moment where we are having that impulse to want to buy something, we will realize that we don't actually need it. So make a list of some sort, whether that's like a save for later list in your cart somewhere online, wherever you shop, or a list of on your notes on your phone, because maybe whatever these things are that pop up in your brain that you want to look at or you might want to try are from multiple places on the internet or in stores. That list on your phone can be a great way to do that. And the last tip I have is that you can return things. You can cancel the order, just like I did with our TV. You can go back on the damage you did, right? <laughs> Whether that's damage to your budget or just like impulse buying something, you realize a day later, like, why did I buy that? I don't need that. I, I'm trying to practice better buying habits or better consumption habits. You can return things. You can cancel the order. Like, most places have great return policies, and if you bought something that doesn't have a great return policy, like, you know, then you learned a lesson. It's fine. It's going to be okay. But if you can return it or if you can cancel the order before you even pick something up, if you ordered it online, then do it. It's okay to do it. And it's okay to have to backtrack. And because that will take time and energy, it teaches us even more that like, we do not need to be spending our important time our limited time that we have, our ener limited energy that we have on stuff and on thinking about stuff and on thinking about shopping. 
I hope those tips are helpful to you. And I know that they're just kind of surface level, but there are things that you can kind of, you could take one of them even and just tell yourself, okay, this is how I'm doing online shopping from now on, or this is a limit I'm giving myself from now on. And you'll see that over time, that is really going to help you. It also helps to remind yourself of your values or your whys very often, like in the moment, let it pop up in your brain. Like tell yourself, why do I even need this? Like, what are my current values when it comes to bringing stuff into my home? And it takes time to build up the ability to say no more and more often, but it will come if you continue to just lean back on those values and lean on these tips and return things if you need to and just learn to say no over time. So back to the story about my TV. The night when it broke, Luca was finished. We still were able to finish watching Luca. Gemma finished it on the iPad and my husband and I have been watching Abbott Elementary and we watched that on the iPad after bedtime. And actually we have since, because we've been doing this for a couple weeks now, um, we've since just decided to, if we ever want to watch a show, we just watch it on the computer. Seems easier than the iPad. You can like prop it up easier. I don't know. It's just been easier for us to be able to both see it if we have um, watch it on my laptop. And we're not choosing to go without our TV for the sake of minimalism. And you don't need to choose to change your buying habits for the sake of minimalism. But for us, minimalism has taught us that we don't need all these things and these luxuries that we think that we do. Like those are not the things that are going to bring lasting happiness into our lives. Buying something new might give us this jolt of happiness, but if it's going to have financial repercussions or if it's just going to end up sitting around as clutter, that happiness is so fleeting. So while we are a movie night loving family, we can still find ways to savor those movie nights together. We can creatively find other ways to have fun together too. We can, we've played more games since we don't have a TV. So it's been beneficial to decide that we are going to delay our gratification and we are going to wait until we actually save up for a TV to get one. So all because of our failing TV, I feel a little more confident in my ability to say no to things. I feel a little more free from my past shopping habits and I feel a little more content. And that's really what this is about to me and maybe for you too. It's just that Stuff is not going to bring us contentment, lasting contentment. And the more we learn to say no, the more we need to find our happiness and our contentment in other things that do last. So to give us that uncomfortable feeling of saying no to something that usually gives us that jolt of happiness and to give us that uncomfortable feeling of like doing a no spend challenge, that in that space, in that uncomfortable feeling, that space of that uncomfortable feeling we have space to find joy and lasting happiness in other things. No matter why you want to change your shopping habits, I hope this episode gave you something that you can try to work towards that. It is definitely not the end-all be-all of like, you're going to listen to this episode and everything's going to change. But I think if you just take one of these tips and try it, then you're going to find like I have that it's going to help you build that habit and build that ability to say no to stuff that you don't need. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope it was helpful to you. If it was, and if you did enjoy it, 
I would love it if you'd share it with a friend. You can always copy the link and text it to a friend, or you can share it on social media, wherever you like to share things. I'm grateful for the time that you take to do that and help get the podcast in front of new eyes and new ears. So thank you for that. And thank you again for being here and for listening in. And I will talk to you right back here on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.